Hi, this is Ricardo, pastor of Journey Church Ventura. Thanks for taking the time to listen to our podcast. Hope you're having a great week. We hope it's life-giving and life-changing. Take care. Well, I hope you're having a good day. And again, uh, we are in a series called uh, Life Hacks. Life hacks are teachings from the Bible that help solve big and small problems of life, big and small issues of life. Life hacks are these simple little things that sometimes make a big difference in the whole concept of our lives. The definition of a life hack is simply this, an often creative strategy or technique adopted in order to manage one's time and daily activities in a more productive and efficient way. And today we're going to deal with the whole concept of hacking identity. Hacking identity. Have you ever just wondered who you are? Have you ever asked that question, who am I? What is my identity? Well, I, I kind of realized that as we have all these freedoms, as we have all these things stripped away in our life uh, during these circumstances, we tend to kind of turn inward. We kind of tend to realize, wow, there is something about uh, asking who we are in these situations. Sometimes our lives, our identities are so wrapped up in our jobs that when we can't go there, we can't do it, then who are we? Sometimes when the norm is disrupted, we lose sight of who we really are. So I want to ask this question, um, who am I in times like this? Who am I in times of these circumstances? Am I a loving person or am I an angry person? Am I a fearful person or a faith-filled person? Am I a significant person in these times? Or am I controlled by my circumstances and feel like I'm being just a pawn in, 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 in life? Am I accepted for who I am? Or am I a performer who attempts to please everybody, every audience I face? These are big questions. These are huge questions that I think make a difference in our lives, especially in these times. And when we're confused about who we are, then that gets, that spends all kinds of emotional energy, that spends all kinds of, of things doing what we are not meant to do or being something that we're not meant to be. And so I wanna encourage you with these few next words. <clears throat> who we are allows us to know how to feel, what to do, what to concern ourselves with, all of those things. He, when we know who we are, it allows us to know how to feel. How do we feel emotionally? How do, how do we know what to do and what, what to concern ourselves with? These are the things that identity helps us with. And so when we know who we are, it makes a big difference. So let me ask you this question. If you were to say, I am, what would you say? You'd likely go to your roles. You'd likely go immediately to, I am, if I were to do this, I would say, I am a husband. I'm a husband to Karen. I would say, I'm a dad. I'm a grandparent. I would say, I'm a pastor. I would say, I'm a chaplain. I could go to all those roles, but are, are those really the things that define me? Are those really the things that make me who I am? It's what I bring to those roles that makes a difference. And so what we need to say is, I am loved. I am secure. I am significant. I am meaningful, I am, I'm important. I have a, a grace in my life. I'm accepted in this world. And those kinds of things, those kinds of things that apply to our identity make 
all the difference in our roles. You can have all kinds of roles, but you can be an angry dad. You could be an angry grandparent. You could be an angry, I could be an angry chaplain. Those things aren't good. And so who I am is what's most important. And so these pieces of our identity give meaning to all of our roles and can help in these times, can help in these moments right now. So let's look at the first hack of identity. The first hack of identity is simply this. We need to embrace that we are loved. We need to embrace that we are loved. And that sounds so simple, but the reality is when you are loved, that means that you can love. When you are loved, that means that you know how to love and that you can give love in a real way rather than in a contrived way. In fact, Jesus says this, we are loved because he gave his son. This is a very common verse, John 3.16. You've seen it at the end of football stadiums and other sports arenas. But <clears throat> for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son and th that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. God gave his son. Why? Because he loves us. That love is unconditional. There's a word there that means agape, which means unconditional love. You don't have to do anything to experience that love. And that's the kind of genuine love that you are. You are loved, and as a result, you can love. The second thing that, about love is, is a, uh, we are loved because Jesus sacrificed his life for our sins. Romans 5.8, my favorite passage of scripture says this, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That one just embraces my heart. It changes my, my thinking about realizing that I am loved. No matter who doesn't love me, no matter who doesn't care about my life, or those things in this world that, that, that are coming at me that tell me that I'm not loved unless these passages of Scripture tell me I am loved no matter what. And as a result, what I can do is because I'm loved, now I can love. I can be a loving dad. I can be a loving husband. I can be a loving grandparent. I can be a loving pastor and chaplain. I can be those things, but the love, because I am loved, my identity, I can now transfer that into my roles. The second thing that's a hack to our identity is this. Hack number two is embrace that we are accepted by Christ. We're loved, absolutely unconditionally loved, but we're also accepted by Christ. Ron mentioned this when he was leading us in worship. He said this, he said, we are God's child. John 1:12 says, yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. That is cool. To be a child of God is a pretty amazing thing. To be a child of someone who created the world. To be a child of someone who could split the seas and let a whole uh, uh, nation walk through the, the seas. To be a child of someone who can raise the dead. To be a child of anyone who could love like Jesus loves is pretty amazing. And I wanna encourage you that today, you are a child of God. You are someone who has been accepted into the family, into the fold of God. And, and for that reason, today we can feel that acceptance. There's another passage of scripture that says we are a friend of Jesus. John 15, 15 says, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I've called you friends. For everything that I learned from my father, I've made known to you. 
Jesus is your friend. I don't know about you, but when I was growing up, I felt that acceptance was all based on these condi- conditions, all these things that I had to do to perform and to, to, to work out in front of people. I had to wear the right clothes. I had to do all these things to be accepted. But when I accept Jesus into my life, I become a child of God. But not only that, I become a friend of God. I am fully accepted. I am fully accepted. I'm loved and I'm accepted. Those two things are part of my identity. When I'm loved, I know I can love others. When I accept, I know I can accept others, just like Jesus accepts me. Those play into every role. Everything that we call our identity is shaped by these other identifiers. I am loved and I am accepted. The third hack to identity is simply this, is that we must embrace that we are secure in Christ. Today, we are secure. I know that today, in today's world, it's easy to freak out. It's easy to have fear. It's easy to wonder, where's the next roll of toilet paper coming from? It's nuts out there. It's just crazy to not, not even have, to, you feel like you're guessing at what's going to happen next. And it creates an anxiety. It creates a fear. It creates a sense of insecurity. And I get it. I understand what, it, what it's like. I, I'm tempted to go buy as much as of everything I can buy and afford because I don't know if it's going to be there tomorrow. But the reality is we are secure in Christ. And God is our provider and he takes care of everything. But there's some things that are personally, that are personally uh, needed in our lives to know that we are uh, secure in Christ. The first one is this. We are free from condemnation. We are free from condemnation. I know that condemnation wants to take us and put us in this captivity that says that we can lose our life at any moment. We can lose our freedom. And what the Bible says that is this, in Romans 8, 1 and 2, it says, Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit of life has set you free from the law of sin and death, which simply means that there is no way we can lose our freedom in Christ. There's no way we can lose our lives. There's no way that we, we uh, aren't being taken care of by God in this context of condemnation. No one can put you down. No one can, can say you're condemned. No one can take your freedom away from you. You are secure in Christ. No one is going to leave you alone. The second thing that I think applies to our security is this idea that we are saved by grace and not works. Ephesians 2, 8, 9 says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this, not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. I love the idea of knowing that it's not up to me to save myself. It's not up to me to take care of my sin. There's only one way that my sin can be taken care of, and that's through the grace, the undeserved merit that God gives us. The reality is, is that when we feel insecure, we feel like we have to do all of it ourselves. We feel like we have to do everything on our own. I have to be live right. I have to speak right. I have to think right. I have to act right. I have to look right. All of those things create insecurities. But if the security is real, if, if it's, then my mistakes of the past can't condemn me. If, if, if the security is real in Christ, then I don't have to work out my salvation. I don't have to work for my salvation. I just work it out. I, I live it out. And so we go from this effort to try and make ourselves right 
to understanding that God made us right, and now we can live right in an expression of worship to him. And so I wanna encourage you, you're loved, you're, you're accepted, you're secure, and last, and the very last thing is simply this, hack number four to our identities is that we need to embrace that we are significant in Christ. Embrace that we're significant, that our lives have meaning. I think it's amazing that, that we have been created and we are brought into this world for a reason, a purpose by the creator of this world. And, and so here's the idea. We are designed to fit into the body of Christ. We need to embrace that idea that we have meaning, we have significance. There was a, a, a purpose in you and I being developed and being designed and created. Here, listen to this. 1 Corinthians 12, 12 through 14. Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its parts form one body. So it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free. <clears throat> and we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. You are a part of the body of Christ. You have purpose, meaning, significance. And as a result of that significance, we can, in today's world, in this circumstance, there is something that God wants you to do. Maybe it's help a neighbor. Maybe it's take the strength that you have to encourage. Maybe it's to organize something. Maybe it's to lead something. Whatever the gift, whatever the design God has made you for, today is the day where you can use that. That's your identity. You're significant. When we say, I am loved, when we say, I am accepted, when we say, I am secure, when we say, I am significant, those I am statements are huge. Those are massive because those de define who we are. And then in our roles, those roles we play outside of those, or, or inside of those characteristics, then I am a significant dad. I am an accepting dad. I am a loving dad. I'm a, uh, uh, I have a purpose. I can bring security to people. And lastly, I'd say this about embracing our significance. In Acts 1.8, it says we are world changers. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. God has given us a mission a reason for being, a reason to do what we do, a reason to breathe the air we breathe. And that is to testify or witness or be a storyteller about what God is in our lives. He's given us power to do that. He's given us a mission that makes us significant. And I just wanna encourage you today, when everything's being stripped away, when everything's kinda of being lost in our norm, today is the day, today's a great day to discover who you are, to discover those I am statements. And there's many, many more. I would encourage you to start searching through the Bible and look for those, those things that God defines as who we are. He says we are loved. He says we're accepted. He says we're secure. He says we're significant. And, and there's so many more and not enough time to talk about them. But I believe that God is doing something significant in your life today. I believe God is doing something real and powerful, and that is reaffirming your identity. He's taking what might be lost or what might be confused or what might be um, deceived and redefining it by his truth, which is the real truth.
It's interesting. I I uh, grew up probably believing just the opposite of most of these things. I remember feeling that love was something that um, first of all was uh, mostly just a, a performance of trying to 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 feel this this sense of uh, euphoria, and it was fake. It wasn't real. And and I, I remember not knowing or understanding what that love was. There was such a contrast between my dad, who was uh, um, kind of a performance-based guy, and my mom, who just loved us to no end. And I realized that my mom probably had the better perspective of love, but I, I didn't understand the, how, to, how to mix the two. So love was very confusing to me, and I found it in all the wrong places. And I believe that what God wants for us today is to know what love is from him first so that we can know what love is in this world. And whether you're receiving love or whether you're giving it, you know how to express it. I remember also that uh, conformity was more important than belonging. When I was a kid, I, it, acceptance for me was learning how to dress right and, and talk right and be cool around the friends and be cool about all of those things. My question to you today would be, what do you, what, how do you define acceptance? To know that you're a child of the King, to know that you're a friend of, of God. Those two things are acceptance based on His love and grace for you. And I remember also, <clears throat> thinking that God was going to squish me for all the mistakes I made. None of us live perfect lives. None of us have perfect attitudes every, every day or perfect words or, or, or perfect actions. And what, what might happen is condemnation might come your way. and you, Oh, yeah, you're an imperfect person. You're, you can't, can't be loved. You can't be accepted. You can't. You see how that goes? God doesn't work that way. He's not, gonna, he's not looking to squish you. He's looking to lift you up. When I learned these things, it affected every role I have. My love for my kids, my love for my wife, my love for, for you has been deeply affected. Whether I'm a pastor, a dad, a grandparent, that love becomes very real because I know what real love is. I am loved and so are you. And that allows me to love real. That allows me to love genuinely. That allows me to love in a powerful, powerful way. Where had I not experienced that, and had I not realized that I am loved, then I might have a different, a completely different identity. And so I want to challenge you today. You are uh, loved, you're accepted, you're secure, and you have significance. And those things today I want you to embrace as we go through this crazy experience in, in life today. Is what the, reason, the whole reason we're virtual today is because we're not allowed to connect. So why not connect with God even deeper? Why not connect with, with each other in a different way? First looking up and then looking across. Let's find our identity here before we find our identity here. And as you do, God's going to do some pretty amazing things. He's going to do some pretty amazing things to build your confidence, to build your strength, to build your, your sense of identity. I just believe he's going to do crazy, crazy good things. In just a minute, I'm going to invite Ron back, and we're going to sing that, that song, Waymaker, to end our time. But I believe that God is going to do something really, really powerful. Remember, 
you are loved, you're accepted, you're secure, and you're significant. And knowing those things will change all the roles you play. But those things shape your identity. Let me pray with you. God, I just believe today that you are doing some pretty significant things in shaping our identity and taking us and taking us back to a place where uh, we have to realize that it's not about this horizontal thing first. It's about the vertical love. It's the acceptance. It's the security. It's the significance that we get from you that shapes our roles and our identity in this world. Lord, help us to be good moms and dads. Help us to be good grandmas and grandpas. Help us to be good co-workers and, and leaders and all the roles that we play in this world. Lord, we can be good ones or bad ones. It depends on who we believe we are. And we are loved. We're accepted. We're secure. We're significant. And because of those things, we will do great things in those areas of our lives. Lord, I pray right now for those that might not know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. I pray that if there's somebody watching today that has not yet accepted you as their Lord and Savior, I pray that they would realize that you love them so much that you died on a cross for them. That you raised again three days later so that they, you could promise them eternal life. And I pray right now for those people that they would accept you as their Lord and Savior. God, thank you so much for the redemptive power you bring to our lives. And we give you all the glory, we give you all the praise. And Lord, I pray right now that you would just bless each heart, each mind, and every home that this, this video has a chance to reach. I pray for you. I know that God is working in your life. I know your identity has been hacked today, all for the good. If you need anything, don't hesitate to communicate with us. Please reach out to those that are more vulnerable in your community and let us know how we can help. We love you and hope that you had a good day today with Journey Church Ventura. God bless you. Ron will lead us out. Have a great day. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to join your journey. And I hope the message made a big difference in your life. And if it did, we just encourage you to go to journeychurchventura.com and let us know. Also, be free to share this message with your friends and family. We just love to impact as many people as we can. Once again, thank you for joining us at Journey Church Ventura.